and welcome to the Long Shot Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, along with my co-host, David. Nick, I was a little aggressive today, but I'm loving the enthusiasm that you're bringing to the table. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the Arizona Cardinals. We're getting ready for a huge season. Let's go. Rise up, Red Sea. Paul, let's hear from you. Yeah, the, the, that momentum uh, and the way you started must mean football's close. So I feel your passion, Nick. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is college football starting this week, guys? I mean, yeah, this week, I think Florida on Saturday, one game. Oh, man, that's big time. So we are approaching the NFL season. We got two weeks left. So we are or two to three weeks left, and we are going to try and fit in the rest of the divisions. So, you know, guys, I say we just, yeah, you know, get right into it. David, you want to start us off with news and notes today and let us know what's going on around the league. Well, let's talk about the big buzz in the league right now, which is going to be, I mean, a highly anticipated Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, we've been waiting for him to play football, and he throws up a whopping 0.0 QBR rating. I believe he was one for six with one interception. I mean, that's got to be concerning for the Niners. What are you guys feeling about that? You know, he is coming off his ACL injury. I got to imagine that first game back is just tough. I'm not super worried. I think he'll still be a solid quarterback and a guy that they want at the helms, but something to something to keep track of and note. Preseason, guys. That's what we're talking about. He's just playing mind games with these other teams, making teams think he's not worth it, but he, he's just playing mind games. He's going to be out there throwing balls. No, that that's exactly right. Um, and then in other news, we also have Antonio Brown filing uh, another grievance uh, for the helmet. I'm... I'm sick of it. I got to imagine you guys are sick of it. Let's not even give him that attention right now. Um, Although I did just get a notification. Hakeem Butler could be headed to the IR for a finger injury. I'm not sure what that's about right now, but that could, that could really, actually, no, I don't even think he's got high draft stock right now. I think he's a pretty much low tier receiver for the Cardinals right now. He's not going to get drafted in any redraft leagues. I mean, definitely maybe a bust for your dynasty league, but the Cardinals weren't going to use them. They just want to develop him throughout the season. That's not really something I'm really worried about. Sucks for Hakeem Butler because that could set him back a lot this year. Yeah, I agree. I, he wasn't going to be used much, but I think in, in a deep, deep dynasty league, it, it, he'll develop eventually, but this wasn't the year for him anyways. Yep. Then uh, final two points, we have Jalen Smith getting paid today. Good for Jalen Smith coming from that injury out of college and then working his way up to a massive deal. And then last thing, Melvin Gordon is waiting for the Chargers to give him a call. Now, I'm going to stay strong here and saying he is playing week one, but all of a sudden the nerves are getting to me. And Nick, you've been you've been saying it for a while now. Paul, anything that you've read this week giving you hesitation on Melvin Gordon right now? You know, it's been pretty quiet. Melvin's Gordon phone hasn't been ringing. There hasn't been much talk. Um, It's really a chess match right now. I think the Chargers will win out just because Melvin Gordon needs to get through this rookie contract. So it's a chess game. I think the Chargers are going to win. Yeah, I'm just not sure. I think think he's sitting out some games. He's going to send the message. He'll come back. I said week four earlier, but from what I'm reading, he needs to come back by at least week eight. So I wouldn't want to be surprised if he came back week week seven, week eight. So that's uh, that's why I see it. Le'Veon Nick. Bell stepping up, ruining the league. What a douchebag. That's exactly right. And those are all the big highlights right now. Not a ton going on over the last five or six days. I mean, preseason, people are 
up and ready to go. So who are we talking about this week? What division? This is AFC South, baby. So I know we weren't very excited about this division too much with uh, two teams, but we'll start off with one of the more exciting teams in the Texas, league, Steve, Houston Texas. Texans. So let's talk about Deshaun Watson first. Last year, Deshaun Watson, 4,100 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 550 yards on the ground, and five touchdowns. This is his second year removed from his ACL injury that just destroyed his rookie season, and he was on pace to be rookie of the year in my eyes. There's there's something about Deshaun Watson that I just really like. He's got that winning mentality. He's got that chip on the shoulder. I mean, does he kind of remind you of Tom Brady as far as his winning mentality? may not be the flashiest player, but he just gets the job done. I mean, what do you guys think there? Yeah, I, I'll go ahead and step in on this. Um, this guy has just always amazed me. He just finds a way to win in every single situation. It, it, he's had a great year after coming back from the ACL surgery. was 11-5 and five last year. He's getting pressure constantly. And you know what? He hasn't even really had a run game to surround him. So he's making the plays on his own. He's making smart plays. He's not taking too many risks. Carries the ball a lot. Got a lot of red zone carries. I like him. I think he can lead the Houston Texans to a great year again. I think uh, I think we all have him in our top five this year for uh, finishes. Uh, I think I have him at three, David at five, and Paul at four, if I want to say. Um, but one thing I will also mention is that the Houston Texans have the 31st ranked offensive line. David, is that concerning at all for a guy like Deshaun Watson? At this point, I don't I don't think it's concerning. Like Paul said, they haven't had a run game. Now, we're, we're going to get into the receiving core, but these guys are ridiculous. This receiving core, now, DeAndre Hopkins, he is incredibly good. I'm still trying to figure out, is Will Fuller that good, or is it Deshaun Watson who makes him that good? Because I'm actually leaning towards Watson is making Will Fuller look this good. I I love the guy. He can scramble. And I'm I'm not worried about that line because he can get out of that pressure. And he's smart about it. He throws the ball away when that pressure is coming in. I love Deshaun Watson. If he's in your leagues, it go pick him up. Go pick him up right now. Yeah, just a real quick stat. I, I know 31st in the league is pretty awful as offensive line. I've seen them ranked anywhere from 27 to 31st. But his protection rate last year was 24, and he still had that season. This guy can make plays regardless of whether his offensive line blocks for him or not. Winning mentality. I like what you're saying, Nick. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so we kind of mentioned we've been hitting on the offensive line a little bit. How it's 31st ranked. Paul, you said 24th ranked last year, I believe. And are we – Lamar Miller, he's just been, I would say, steady Eddie. Not going to get you big games. Not going to get you bad games. But he's going to be there. He Lamar Miller does not have me excited. Last year, he had 973 yards rushing with five touchdowns and 25 receptions for 163 yards and a touchdown. He's only had two years in his career where he's been over 1,000 yards. Last year, he finished RB22. He's 28 years old, and I think he's just hanging on a string um, for the starting job. I mean, we David, you thought early in the season Deontay Foreman was going to come in and take take his position. Now, do you think Duke Johnson has a chance to take a position, or do you think Lamar Miller's safe? And wh- where do you draft him this year in a redraft league? Yeah, so like like you said, Lamar Miller is incredibly average. I, 
he doesn't do a whole lot. Something that concerns me is he's got the he gets about one to two red zone carries per game. He's not a scoring threat. Here's the deal. I do not think Duke Johnson can be a three down back, but I do believe that the Texans are willing to shift their offensive scheme just to abandon the run and get Duke Johnson the ball by throwing him those check downs. He, he, Duke Johnson can catch the ball. They brought him in there because Lamar Miller's hands, they're okay. They're not terrible by any means, but Duke Johnson's are obviously better. I think, I think they're going to abandon the run, and they're going to go ahead and start checking the ball down. Now, where do we draft Lamar Miller? <laughs> I, I mean, you're going to be able to get this guy in the – I'll take him in the third round strictly just strictly because of the volume he's getting right now, but that that's still pretty early. I I'm thinking even fourth round could be good enough for Lamar Miller. Cause I think he'll be around third and fourth round. That's pretty aggressive for Lamar Miller. I don't know what you're thinking. You must like those average guys kind of feel similar to yourself in a way, but you guys have been speaking the truth about Lamar Miller. He's been very steady, very average throughout the Texans his Texans career they've given him every opportunity to step up and make plays and take this for himself but he hasn't so I see a lot of Duke Johnson filling in and a lot of checkdowns and using Duke Johnson all over the field I mean the bottom line is I, I can't play Lamar Miller in my running back slot maybe in a flex some weeks or not I mean he scores the last couple of years, three to five touchdowns in a year. And I just can't have that out of starting running back. He's not worth it. I'm drafting him a lot deeper than third and fourth round. So tell me this. Are you right now, do you think Lamar Miller finishes as an, as an RB2 this year? So does that mean he is finishing between thir the 13th ranked running back and the 24th ranked running back? Or do you think he's finishing outside that this year? Outside. David, I'll start with you. Outside, I, I think they're cutting the strings with him, and they're going to let Deshaun Watson check the ball down to Duke Johnson. Look, I, I want to say outside, and I really think he'll be outside, but when I look at their roster and see what other back can carry the load and the goal line carries, maybe he sneaks into the, to RB2, but I, I guess I'm still staying outside. I, there's just no way. Yeah, I I'm on the same page with you guys. I think he's the fringe. He's a fringe RB two, if anything. I gotta imagine he's a flex play for us this year. They're running backs in the 2020 class, and honestly, they're one running back away, one great running back away from a Super Bowl contending team, in my eyes. And they're close this year. So we mentioned earlier, David, especially you, uh, the wide receiving core. And do I even have to talk about DeAndre Hopkins? We know exactly what this guy is. He's an animal. Paul, can you just tell me what you think about DeAndre Hopkins? Is he the best receiver in the game? Absolutely. Just throw this guy the ball. I mean, the catches that he makes and goes up and gets is just spectacular. They're out of this world. I mean, some of the plays he makes, I, there's no words to explain it. I love this guy. His dominator rating is 40%, which is number two in the league. He's top in my book. As long as Deshaun Watson stays healthy and throws him the ball, he's going to have another big year. And just to hit on that, Paul, DeAndre Hopkins has had three years of double-digit touchdowns, and four of his first six years has had over 1,200 yards receiving. It, that's just incredible. He's been in the six league, six years and over 1,200 yards in four of them. 
this guy is going to be in the league for a long time and will go down as one of the greatest receivers this game has ever had. David, anything to add about DeAndre Hopkins before we move on to Will Fuller? No, we talked about Michael Thomas last week, and honestly, I think Hopkins is way above Michael Thomas. Love the guys. So let's get into Will Fuller. I honestly think Will Fuller can be a wide receiver one when he is healthy. When he I think that's a bad take. You think that's a bad take? No, I think it's a bad take. But, David, I want to hear what you have to say first. No, See, Watson likes to throw the ball down the field, and Hopkins is going to be double coverage the entire time. The entire time. Will Fuller can get open. And Deshaun Watson puts the ball right on the money. So he's a, he's a great option. Yeah. Okay. He he may be a great option, but you're saying that DeAndre Hopkins, have they not double teamed DeAndre Hopkins before? And he's had over 1200 yards. So what's going to be different this year for Will Fuller? That wasn't Will Fuller has not had two years in a row. He's been in the league for two years, both years, two years in a row, unhealthy, hasn't played a full season. Uh, I mean, I think he's a solid player for the Texans, but I don't think he's a great, He's definitely not going to be a wide receiver one this year and maybe not even a wide receiver two. Just because I think his health, I think he has the ability, but I just don't think that Will Fuller will be a wide receiver two just because DeAndre Hopkins is so good. Paul, you have any input on this before we move on? Nick, I hate agreeing with you, but I agree with you with Will Fuller. He's a deep threat, and as long as the Texans don't have this run game, these safeties can stay back a little bit and guard him. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins may be double teamed, but they can take away that deep threat. I mean, last year in 10 games, he only had 50 targets. Yeah, seven touchdowns, but that's really boom or bust, and that scares me. I mean, you're talking maybe a, a t- almost a touchdown a game, which is great, but those are all on deep balls. He, he caught a touchdown one out of every four passes, and I don't want to rely on that. I don't think it's repeatable, and... That's my take on Will Fuller. All right, let's hear your take on Kiki Cootie then, because I know uh, he's on your team, Paul, so let's hear about him. On your team, and I didn't realize that. That's bad. Why is that bad? Tell me why it's bad, Nick. Well, one, he, he did get hurt, and he'll miss a couple weeks of the season. I think I think they said he'll be out the first two weeks probably, but we'll see. Um, that's why I don't like him either. But go ahead, Paul. No, I mean, I I just think he's a great slot receiver underneath. Again, like I said, with no run game, they can stay back and cover Will Fuller. They're going to give up the underneath. And I think Kiki and Duke Johnson have the ability to have a great year underneath catching a lot of balls. I see him catching 75 to 80 balls this year when he stays on the field. Yeah, last year he got hurt and he's starting off this season missing two weeks. But you know what? I think almost every team we've hit on injuries and people that it happens a lot to. But you just pray that these guys stay healthy and they can execute to the best of their ability. That's fair. All right, let's move on from the wide receiver core. And just, I'm just going to mention the tight ends' names, and I um, uh, just want to say their names, Jordan Thomas and Jordan Aikens. Nothing really talked about here. Hasn't been a big impact. I don't even think they're being drafted this year. So now let's hit on the over and under of the Texans this year. Surprisingly, it's eight and a half wins. And I got to imagine we're all on the same page here, and we're all going to go over. I'm going to say over, but David. Let's go to you. Over. Over. Not a question. I am actually going to go under. Tough to say. Ooh. I, I know I talked highly of these fantasy players, but look, they skate by uh, by the skins of the teeth, and something's got to fall. I know Desha- Deshaun wins, but the defense actually won a few games last year on stupid plays by other teams. 
I think under. I think they're at eight wins. It's I, although the, the division's not that exciting, it's a tough division. I mean, that that prediction all changes as we move on to this next team and the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> Andrew Luck. I mean, he's going to pretty much change this entire division. Um, I know personally, and I know you two as well. We don't know what this injury is right now, but let's talk about Andrew Luck like he is going to play this year. Andrew Luck is a top five quarterback. Um, he was number two in touchdown in touchdowns last year, passing wise. I really like the guy. Um, do, you, do you guys have any stats you want to throw out about Luck besides yeah. he's good and he's smart? <laughs> well, he did go to Stanford. So throw it out there. Um, so, I mean, year in and year out when he's healthy, Andrew Luck is an MVP candidate. Last year, he had 4,500 passing yards, 39 uh, touchdowns and 15 interceptions, and just a tad over 150 yards rushing. The dude is a bi- dude has ability to run. He's a great passer, great decision maker. I, overall, he's just a great guy. I mean, look at the guy. I love his beard. I mean, does he have the best beard in the league besides Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course? But what it comes down to, like, we, like you said, Dave, what it comes down to is, is he is he gonna be hurt? Is he healthy? Is it his ankle? Is it his calf? I I, I don't know. Uh, the coach came out yesterday or two days ago and said they want to announce the starter by week three of the preseason. And that's coming up for the Colts. I I don't know why you you want to announce the starter. So that makes me even more worried about Andrew Luck. So Paul, you want to have anything to add about Andrew Luck? You know I'm a big Andrew Luck fan, but. His injuries scare the crap out of me. You never know what's happening. The Colts are always so secretive. But I'm holding hopeful that he is going to be on the field. And his protection rate last year was number four in the league. This guy can make plays. He's got times. He loves to throw the ball. They were down a little bit. And so he was throwing late in the game. And that led to some quite a bit of interceptable passes and danger plays. Um, He does like to be a little risky. But as a fantasy guy... I want that as a quarterback. The risk for throwing those deep balls is so great to just, if he throws the interception, it's not a big deal. I want those guys taking chances. He's got the ability to put up 400-yard games, four touchdown games, and I want that out of my quarterback every single week, and that's why I got him ranked as number two because the amount of touchdowns he's willing to throw. Beautiful. That was, mm. Mm. thanks, Paul. I That was beautiful. I know you like that. You like that? You like that? All right. You just want to move on to the running back, Marlon Mack? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. I'll I'll start us off. So Marlon Mack last year played in 12 games and had 908 yards rushing and nine touchdowns with 17 receptions for 100 yards and one touchdown. Now, guys, I'm all in on Marlon Mack this year. I love the guy. The reason I like the guy is because the Colts trust him. They didn't go out and get Le'Veon Bell. They didn't go out and draft a running back. They brought in Deontay Foreman, who I think is going on IR this year already. I I think he's going to be the guy. I think he can be an RB1 this year. He's running behind the fifth-ranked offensive line. Last year, he, he was ranked RB19, but I think he can step up and be an RB10 if he's healthy all season. David, I know he, he was on your fantasy football team, so... Let me know what you think about Marlon Mack. Here's my my only issue with Marlon Mack right now is he is a very hot commodity and he is going he is going very high in drafts. 
Um, one thing that gets me super excited, and this is a stat that I always lean on, and I know, Paul, you're going to like this one. He ranked number 10 among all running backs in red zone touches last year. That is with missing four games. When they get in the red zone, they give him the ball. Um, the only competition I really see coming out of the backfield is Hines, and that's because Hines is a really good catcher. But, Nick, like you said, they trust Mac. I don't know if I want to get him as high as he's going in the draft, but he has, I think his ceiling is pretty high this year, and his, I don't even know where his floor is, because I think he's going to get his 15 to 20 touches a game. Paul, let's hear from you. Yeah, I think he's got everyone fooled right now. He's going way too high for me, but everyone's remembering these past couple, two of the last three games of the season, where he had over 100 total yards, and he was ranked in the top 10 of fantasy points for running backs but outside of that you're looking at him for number 31 number 28 I mean he's performing but he's not at the end of the day the Colts passed the ball they threw the ball 63 percent of the time last year which doesn't leave much room for the run game yeah he did have quite a bit of red zone carries but I don't expect that to continue Andrew Luck wants the ball in his hand he's gonna make the play I think Marlon Mack drops off this year. Now, does Marlon Mack change in your eyes, Paul? If Kobe, I mean Jacoby Brissett plays the first five weeks, is he is he an RB one? Do you draft him higher higher if you know Andrew Luck's going to be out for a while? Yes, I do. If Jacoby Brissett's in, Marlon Mack's going to get a lot more carries in the red zone, which you like. But that's not how I play my fantasy league. That's just I'm not relying on first five weeks of the seasons for a backup quarterback. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, okay. that, that's right. So let's talk about Hines just for a second. Uh, Hines is going to be in on third down. He catches the ball very well. He had 81 targets last season. I think those might increase because they do like the, they do like having the ball in Luck's hands. Uh, outside of those two, I don't even, I, I don't even know who their third string running back is. And we don't talk about third string running backs on this podcast. Damn right, we don't. All right, David, can you lead us off with T.Y. Hilton then, the wide receiver one? T.Y. Hilton needs to see more touchdowns. Um, I'm going to tell you, though, when when Andrew Luck plays and you hear that theme here today, uh, when Andrew Luck plays, he loves T.Y. Hilton, but I need to see more touchdowns out of him. We're kind of having that same conversation about Julio like we had last week. Um, I'm, I, I've never been a huge fan of T.Y. Hilton because – I don't feel like the consistency's there. I know he always he always ranks pretty high. I don't have the numbers with me, and I'm sure one of you will try to squash me on those, but I'm always nervous about T.Y. Hilton, and that's just a personal feeling. So one of you hit me with the numbers. Dave, I'll hit you. Go ahead, go ahead Nick. Tell him. Okay. Yeah, so five of his first seven years, he's been over 1,000 yards receiving. But like you'd mentioned before, without luck, he had one of his worst seasons. He had 57 receptions for 966 yards, which is still really incredible for what he did without luck. He had four touchdowns that year. Last year, he had over 1,200 yards receiving and six touchdowns with 76 receptions. Now, David, you're right. He's not a touchdown guy typically. He'll get you the between the five and eight category. But he is going to get you those yards. He's going to get you those big games with – you know, 130 yards and eight receptions. I, I do want to see his receptions go up, but I've had him in my league for the past four years, and I just traded him away 
because I'm rebuilding for the future. But when Luck is on the field, T.Y. Hilton is dominant, and I don't see... I don't see T.Y. Hilton going anywhere. I love T.Y. T.Y. gives me that T and Y every time he makes a big play, and I just love it. I love his elusiveness. I love his speed down the field. The one knock on him, like you said, David, is touchdowns. They've got a lot of guys in the red zone that take away from his from his share because, uh, honestly, he gets a lot of cushion, but his separation really isn't that much when the ball's thrown. So, he goes up and makes plays, but in the red zone, Andrew Luck's looking for someone a little more open like the tight ends. But set five out of the first seven seasons over 1,000 yards, this is a guy I want on my team in my wide receiver two spot. Absolutely, Paul. I couldn't agree more. So let's talk about the other two wide receivers just real quickly. I want to hear if you guys – one of you talk about one, one of you talk about the other. Uh, Paul, I want you to talk about Devin Funches real fast, 6'4 frame. He has the potential to be a great wide receiver, too. And then, David, I want to hear from you about Paris Campbell, the rookie, and let me know what your thoughts are on him. So, Paul, I'll start with you with Devin Funches. Yeah, Devin Funches, big frame. Uh, I, he's okay to me. He didn't do too much in, in Carolina. He's okay. I think he's going to get a lot of um, red zone opportunities. So, he's he, he may score well in fantasy, and I could look at him as a wide receiver, too, just for that touchdown or bust. Um, he, he, he really reminds me of a Brandon Marshall which is, is good. It's a touchdown kind of guy. He's never going to have a huge game as far as yardage. He made five for 60 in a touchdown, and I'm okay with that in, in my wide receiver two slot. All right, Dave, we're going to talk about Paris Campbell real quick. Yeah, you gave Paul bunches of funches, so I get uh, oh. Paris Cam- I get Paris Campbell. Um, I actually think Paris Campbell is going to be the Colts wide receiver two if he can get over this injury. I don't know why why in the NFL they can't get over hamstring injuries. Now I use my hamstring every day. I'm not, I'm not that injured, but you know, I guess they do a little more than me. Um, Paris Campbell is looking to be the third ranked uh, rookie wide receiver this year. I think with Andrew Luck, he will hop into that wide receiver two spot, but it's a matter of how many balls he wants to throw away from T Y Hilton to give to Paris Campbell. I think he could be a steal in a very, very late round in your draft. Absolutely. I definitely think Paris Campbell is a year two player, but we will see, I guess. Uh, so let's go on to Eric Ebron, the tight end. Last year, 13, 13 touchdowns last year. He hadn't done much in uh, Detroit with Matthew Stafford. He had 66 for 750 yards. Can he do it again? Can he have 750 yards with 13 touchdowns? David. Yes. Because Andrew Luck yeah. will give him the ball. And Andrew Luck will give him the ball in the um end zone i don't know if he can match the yards um but he's gonna get those red zone targets and andrew lux he likes throwing to the open guy how many touchdowns this year david from eric ebron 11 11 okay paul anything to add no he's definitely gonna be under 10 i don't know what happened last year i don't know what kind of milk he was drinking last year um <laughs> i i don't get <laughs> this guy was in detroit and dropped his wheaties Matt Stafford threw him the ball a ton of times in the red zone and he dropped it. He dropped it. He dropped it. So maybe the league's going to find out. He put some sticky on his, on his gloves, like the little giants to make sure he caught it. I I just don't see this guy getting that many touchdowns again. He'll get targets in the red zone because he's a big guy, but mm, no, not for me. All right. So let's hear it guys over or under 10 wins this season. Paul, we'll start with you. 
man, this is so. Hold on, can, can, can we clarify? Is it ten or ten and a half? I think because I got him at ten and a half. Hmm. Let me check real fast. Act like it's ten and a half. I actually think it's ten. Ten and a half is a little aggressive, but I really struggle this with this one because every year that Andrew Luck has played, besides one year, they've been ten and six or greater. Okay, I'm sorry. One second. So I'm looking at this site, ActionNetwork.com. It says they have them at nine and a half wins. So nine and a half to I. I think they're at nine wins this year. I just can't get on board with them. With Andrew Luck being so questionable, he could play all 16 games this year. He could play four games this year. We have no idea. They live on the edge. They have a lot of comebacks. I I still think they're a division contender, but if I'm putting my money somewhere, it's under 10 wins. Okay, David? I'm actually agreeing with Paul on this one. I'm... They are the heavy favorites right now, but I, I'm nervous for them. I'm going the under. I am complete opposite. I will be going the over. I think Andrew Luck will have a week or two off, and he'll be fully healthy, and they will go on the tear like they did last year. The Colts are my Super Bowl champs this year. Right here, write it down. I will. I think they're like 15 to 1 right now. Give me 100 bucks for them or something. Colts Super Bowl champs, so therefore over. The nine and a half or ten and a half wins, they're getting eleven wins this year. We're not on the long shot picks yet. That's a long shot. Oh, it's not a long shot. I hate you. All right, let's move on. All right, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, boys. Uh, you know, quarterback Nick Foles, baby. What a great name, Nick Foles. What a freaking great name. Super Bowl champ, MVP, Nick Foles, baby. Let's go. So. I guess I'll start a lot with Nick Foles. Sure. Not one time in his career has he played a full season. When he was a starter in Philly, when he was a starter in um, St. Louis, he did not play a full season. And then he was a backup in St. Louis. And then he was a backup in Philly. And he made a, himself a name as a backup quarterback in Philly. Was that just... Was that just the system in Philly, which made him look so good? Or what was it? I don't have enough stats on him because he's been a backup and not played a whole season to even like compare him to other quarterbacks. This is his last season that I saw. He had at least 13, uh, 13 games. 2013, 2,900 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, and two interceptions. That was in 2013. That's a while ago. Yeah. He, well, here, here, I, I got a stat for you. $50 million guaranteed to him. I think he's doing all right. Um, but here's the deal. We, I mean, we have, we have no, we have no stats on Nick Foles. He had, it was a great system in Philly, a phenomenal defense. I'm actually, I'm really excited to watch him play. I'm just, I'm staying away from him fantasy wise. Cause I have zero idea and he, he's going to be on your waiver wire. So all of a sudden, if he takes off these first couple weeks, I'd still even be hesitant, but he's going to be on your waiver wire. If someone drafts him in your league, you you need to think about kicking that person out because I don't know. I I don't know what he's going to do, and no one knows what he's going to do. Jacksonville thinks he's going to be good, but I don't. I don't. Paul, you have anything on him that? Dude, he's from the University of Arizona. These guys create legends. Are we Arizona fans? Yeah, I'm an Arizona no. fan. The 
we create legends. Rob, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> That's right. So another. I like that. So you, you know how you can't name another. <laughs> uh, football player? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, but I, I, I agree with you guys. He's really tough to factor in this scenario. Eagles had a great offensive line. They had weapons around him. Um, Jaguars, they rank like number 25 in the offensive line. So this year is going to be really tough to tell, but he's been in the league long enough. He's seen a lot of different teams as far as top competition in the Super Bowl. He's been under a lot of big moments. I think this is finally his time to shine. He's got a true completion rate of 75%, which ranked him four in the league in the games he played last year. Um, Jaguars are a different team, but I like him here. I, I, I'm not sure fantasy-wise, but this is a big step up to Blake Bortles. And nope. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, give me Blake Bortles, baby. I love Blake Bortles. Oh, my gosh. Blake Bortles would throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns and the next game throw for 80 yards and three interceptions. And I loved it. Yeah. Hold, hold on. Random teams. Was that? He would do it against random teams. You would never know. know. Even the right, know. even the right matchups, he would go and throw eighty yards and three interceptions. And then the toughest matchups, he would throw for four hundred yards. He made no sense. You could never play him. Wait, hey, you know what? I rode Blake Bortles to the finals, to the finals of my playoff run two years ago, and I lost because of Blake Bortles putting up negative points. But I rode him to the finals. David, are you a Blake Bortles fan or Nick Foles right now? Nick Foles. I am excited for Blake Bortles to be throwing interceptions in Arizona. Uh, Just as a side note, Gardner Minishu is uh, the backup, so I don't think Foles is any competition. So, Paul, let's get to your guy. You think I like Leonard Fournette? You're right, I do. I love Leonard Fournette. I've been a big fan of this guy ever since he came in the league and told me it was easy. And you know what? He's right. For him, it is easy. The hardest part of his game is staying on the field. This guy scores touchdowns. I, They rely on him. They use a lot of the run game. Now they moved on from TJ Yeldon. This guy is going to be a three-down back, which is hard to find in the league. And the bottom line is this guy gets in the end zone. Six touchdowns, eight games. They feed him the ball in the red zone. This guy ranked number two of defenders in the box, average 7.2 defenders in the box. These defenses are scared of him, and they should be. Now with Nick Foles opening up the throwing lanes, he's going to get even more yards. He is going to lead them to a great year. Okay. Well, Paul, my only knock on Leonard Fournette, like you mentioned, is is injury history. His rookie year, he had 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns in 13 games. 300 receiving yards on 36 receptions. He was a running back eight his rookie year and played 13 games. That's that's pretty damn good. This year, he's going around RB15, RB16 because he is injury prone. I think that is just smoking value for him. But while I keep saying it, injuries, injuries, injuries. Can he stay healthy? I love Leonard Fournette. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Um, just this backup's Alfred Blue. Eh, sweet. Weren't they gonna? Weren't our parents gonna name you Blue, David? Yeah, at one point. I'm pretty sure that was gonna happen. All they wanted to do was say, "You're my boy, Blue." That's it. That's Why? It. 
Okay. A little old school reference. I like it. All right. So let's talk about this receiving core. Do Don't really want to. Yeah, this is a little better than the Ravens receiving core, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So, okay. Let me start off with Marquise Lee. I got a great stat for him. Uh, this was a 2017 stat because he was out 2018. He was number one in the league in drops. So, okay. That's a good stat. That is a good stat for him. Um, I've been I've been telling Paul and Nick just right before we started this podcast, it's you're throwing a dart up on a board right now on which receiver is gonna be catching the ball. A lot of people are going after Dee Dee Westbrook. Um, maybe, sure, why not? If you want to take a risk, you can you can look at any of these guys. I gotta imagine Nick Foles is throwing the ball, but like Paul said, they're gonna feed the ball to Fournette. I don't know how many times that guy's gonna touch the ball. I I got I got not a whole lot to say about these wide receivers. I'll mention one thing. D.D. Westbrook, uh, 66 receptions for 717 yards and five touchdowns last year. You know, it's coming into his third year. I think he could have a sneaky year. A pretty sneaky guy over there. Could be a late uh, late pickup in your fantasy draft. Not a guy you're gonna start week to week, but a guy who might fill in nicely. Other than that, Marquise Lee and Keenan Cole, Keelan Cole. Mm. Not too interested. Paul, anything to add before we move on? No, I mean, last year, Blake Bortles threw for 15 touchdowns. That's barely one passing touchdown a game. And TJ Yeldon and Leonard Fournette ate five of those. So you're talking about 10 total TDs available. Yeah, I think Nick Foles is better. I think he'll get to 25. I think Leonard Fournette will eat five. But it's a week-to-week thing with Jacksonville. I think one guy is going to step up one week, and then you'll see the other another week. It's just not something you can trust not a receiving core that I want to be a part of. But if you compare it to Baltimore, I'll take Jacksonville's receiving core all day long. Okay, I like it. Okay, so real quick, I'll mention a tight end. You guys don't say anything unless you don't want to. Uh, Geoff Swain. Yep, Geoff Swain. I'd rather take myself a Dallas Goddard, the backup tight end to the Philadelphia Eagles, or give me a Noah Fant or something. Do not draft the Jacksonville tight end. Do you guys echo this? I believe yeah. his first name is Jeff. Really? Yeah. My name is Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's enough of the tight end situation. So I'm going to start out with you, Paul. You know, no, no, no. Let's start with David here. David, Jacksonville, seven and a half wins this year. I'm taking them at eight wins. I'm going to go the over. at I, I don't know why this this is all a gut feeling one. I'm thinking Nick Foles is gonna come out firing. I don't know to who, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take him on the over here. Oh, Jesus. Don't know the who, but he's firing. I am going to take the under that's this safe. year. I'm what was that? That's a safe pick. That's a safe pick. And you know, safe picks make money too, David. So Paul? Yeah. So Jacksonville has one eight-win season over the past eight years, which scares me so much. But you know what? My boy Nick Foles from Arizona and Leonard Fournette, they're going to take this team to the over. Guaranteed, mark it down. That's that's a big one for me. Okay, you guys are going to lose money there. I'm excited to see it. All right. So let's conclude the AFC South with the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mariota. Um, I guys, I do not like Marcus Mariota. 
He was so highly sought after in from Oregon. He could run. He could throw. He was in a great system. He was dominant in college. And to me, his game has just not translated at all to the NFL. Let me read you his stats last year. He had 2,528 yards, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He played 13 games last year, and he, uh, one second, let me look at his rushing stats real fast, 357 yards rushing and two touchdowns. It's not going to do it for me. It's a no for me, for Marcus Mariota. Okay, now let's back up a little bit at his college days. I mean, that is the conference of champions you're talking about with the Pac-12. So I understand why they drafted them, but it, Nick, I'm kind of with you, and the Titans are with you. I think the Titans are on the last straw with Mariota. Um, he, I still think he has so much potential, but he never cashes in. Although I do have one stat. He is 12-11 and 11 versus teams that are 500 and better. That doesn't do much for fantasy value, but he plays pretty well against good competition. But I'm not buying in on Marcus Mariota. Um, I'm more excited about the backup. Paul, what do you got on Mariota? Yeah, Mariota's a tough one, especially in the fantasy realm. Um, I feel like he gets worse and worse every year. 2017, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. And then last year, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. To have that ratio basically equal is just scary. And as much as he as he runs the ball, he doesn't score that much. So I just can't have him as a fantasy guy. He had no games with three three touchdowns passing and one game with 300 yards passing. It's not who I want. If I'm going to give any advice to Marcus Mariota to keep his job, he's too conservative. He needs to quit playing like you're not looking to lose the game. This guy has a number three accuracy ball in the NFL. Throw the ball, Marcus. Take some risks. Come on. I know you have it in you. Just do it. Quit being so conservative. So, Paul, what I hear you saying is that the Titans may have picked up the quarterback of the future. Ryan Tannehill, huh? Is that who you're referencing? Absolutely. Nick, what are your thoughts on Tannehill this year? Anything you want to add or you want to move on to running backs? Let's move on to running backs. I'll hit on a little later today. Uh, yeah, let's move on to running backs. And we talked about Derrick Henry in the very first episode, but I just want to reiterate how much I hate Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry sucks. So in week 13, from week one to week 13 last year, he did not have over 60 yards rushing. Did not have over 60 yards rushing. I said that twice because that is incredible. He finishes an RB1 last year because his last four weeks. Let me read you his stats, Paul. 238 yards, four touchdowns. 170 yards, two touchdowns. 84 yards, one touchdown. 93 yards, zero touchdowns. He just had over 1,000 yards rushing last year. I don't like him. I'm not going to take him in any league. I know you guys said earlier he put the team on his back, but I do not like him, and my opinion is right, not Paul, changed. Paul, shut him down here. I don't know what you're talking about. Mike Vrabel finally realized in the last couple of weeks of the season, why are we not relying on this guy? Why are we not letting him take it? He took his team on in the back in crunch time while they were fighting for a playoff spot, and he made it happen. Mike Vrabel sees the potential in this guy, wants to give him a shot. He gets the ball in the red zone. Yeah, the last four teams when he had those great games were 
pretty average in defenders, but this guy, the, he averaged 4.9 yards a carry. There's, I don't even know if there's any other guy in the league that averages that much. He faced, he was number one in defenders faced in the box at 7.4. In the stacked front, which is seven plus defenders in the box, he faced it 45% of the time, and he still got it done. I like this guy. 84 evaded tackles on the year, number four, and he didn't even get all the touches all year long. Give me Derrick Henry all day long. Just a side note real fast. He did return to practice today. David? Thank you for the side note. Uh, I just want to stomp something out. A lot of people do think Derrick Henry has hands like a frying pan. Um, he actually catches the ball at an okay rate. He's not horrible. And, but I don't even know if Deion Lewis is a factor taking carries away because the Titans finally realized, oh, we drafted this guy so we can run the ball down the other team's throats. Great. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna grab the ball. If he's going to be getting between three and five yards a carry, I don't know how the Titans cannot hand him the ball 20 times a game. Nick, you're crazy. I think you're going to go out and trade for him tonight. That's my prediction. That's a bad prediction. I will never touch Derrick Henry. Okay, so we mentioned Deion Lewis. Are we all in agreement he's not much of a factor, even though he's yeah, he, down back? He is a great football player with the Tennessee Titans. I, I'm not thinking he's worth any value fantasy. He did go 500 rushing yards and 400 receiving yards, but that's nothing for fantasy. So he's a good football player, not a fantasy value. All right, let's move on to uh, wide receivers, and they have three three of them I want to mention, and I'll let you guys choose who you talk about. You got Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, and who's the third Adam one, Humphreys. David? I'm missing the third one. I'll talk Adam Humphreys. Okay, Paul, do you want to talk about any of them? Yeah, I'll talk about Corey Davis. Um, he doesn't get me excited. I mean, the Titans' passing game in general doesn't, but Corey Davis was number two in the league and dropped passes last year. And he gets a four-and-a-half-yard cushion at the line of scrimmage and barely gets a separation. Marcus Mariota is an accurate passer, and they're still not executing. I mean, the completion rate to him is just north of 50%. I, I can't roster this guy. I just can't as much as potential as he has. I, You know, in a dynasty league, I'm rostering that guy just off sheer potential. But you're right, Paul. That's second and drop passes behind Marquise Lee. Not Does it change your mind if Ryan Tannehill's throwing the ball? Does it, 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 yes, it does. It does for me. Oh, my God, it does. I I'll, Let me talk about Ryan Tannehill later. Can we stop, you know, get me all excited over here? Okay. Um, I want to talk about A.J. Brown a little bit. He's a round two pick um, out of Ole Miss. He's 22 years old. Um, he is younger than me, unfortunately. I am old. Um, he is just a phenomenal route runner from what I'm hearing. Uh, the beat writers are saying he looks great out, great out of camp. Um, he is he's having a little struggle. He, he's struggling a little bit with the, with the offense a little bit. But I want to say he got he's injured right now. Um, but I don't expect much from him this year. But Come next year, I think he would be a great asset to the Tennessee Titans when Ryan Tannehill is at the reins. Dave, you want to talk about Chris Godwin? I'm, not not, I'm Chris sorry, Godwin. Chris Godwin. Come on. I'm going to talk about Adam Humphreys real quick. Now, I'm not going to go into a ton of stats because it is his first year with the Titans. I really liked this guy last year, but I, re I also really liked him because Fitzpatrick was just 
throwing the ball downfield and he was catching them. Last year, he had ended up with 76 receptions for 816 yards. So he has not had a season over 1,000 yards yet. And here's here's the deal, and I think we, we all agree on this. Marcus Mariota is not going to get him over that hump. I don't think he's going to get any of these guys over that hump. The good news is Humphreys, he will catch the ball if it's in his area. It's just a matter of if the ball can get anywhere near him. So Mariota could be the problem, but maybe Mariota will listen to this podcast and hear your advice, Paul. That'd be big. We are still looking for sponsors. Hey, man, you're talking like Mariota is not a good passer. He is very accurate. He just doesn't take any risks. So you either got to be wide open or he's not going to throw the ball. Yep. Okay. Um, can we talk about Delaney Walker real, real fast? I'm going to wrap this kind of episode up a little bit. Delaney Walker, he's old. He's coming back from injury, but he has been good in the past. I don't think he's going very high in their fantasy drafts. Um, definitely worth the stab, I think. Uh, anything else that you two want to add? Yeah. Paul doesn't like Go ahead. I was going to say, if there's any receiver, any catching guy on the Tennessee Titans that I want, it's actually Delaney Walker. He's going to get the red zone targets. He's always been a big threat in the end zone. And I think he's, as long as Mariota's still a quarterback, he's going to continue to get those red zone targets and take it from all those other guys. So he may be touchdown dependent, but out of everyone, he's the guy I want. Dave, anything to add? I like him. You can get him late. You might as well take a shot at him on a tight end flyer. Okay, so the Tennessee Titans are slated at eight wins this year. Eight wins, and I will start it off, and I will say the over. They have gotten it done somehow, some way, the last two years. I want to say they've been in the playoffs the last two years. I mean, I could be wrong. I really could be wrong. But um, I like the Tennessee Titans. I think there's a competitive team with a bunch of good players, not great players, and I think they'll get it done with teamwork. Eight wins, huh? I uh, really kind of I I know Mike Vrabel came in and they had a decent year at nine and seven. Um, I think I'm going to flow to the under. They did get it done last year in a lot of tight games, but Marcus Mariota just doesn't do it for me. I don't see it at the end of the day. Them taking more than eight wins, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with the over. I think Derrick Henry is going to run over the league this year, and. Nick, you heard that. Um, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna squeeze over eight wins. So, um, just want to throw a stat out there: the last three years, they were nine and seven each year. So, but the year before that, four years ago, they were three and thirteen. Before, so. Yeah, before that, they had four we'll years under nine wins: three and thirteen, two and fourteen, seven and nine, <laughs> six on, and man. ten. They've got lots of lots to lose. Lost to lose. Okay, so let's now move into the long shot section of the podcast. So who wants to go first today? You know what, guys? I'll take this one since we're talking about the Tennessee Titans, and you guys have been talking about my favorite player in the NFL, Ryan Tannehill. The Titans traded for this guy for a reason, my friends, for a reason. Now, I'm not saying go pick him up on, the, on your waiver wire. I'm not saying draft him, but Ryan Tannehill will come in lead the Tennessee Titans to a playoff appearance. They will he will lead them to the top of the division. 
whether that be because uh, Mariota got hurt or he got benched. Let me read you a couple stats, Paul, because I know how much you love Tannehill. When he played 16 games in 2015, I know 2015, he had 4,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. In 2018, when he played 11 games, he had 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns. He's been a little injury prone, but he led the Dolphins to three playoff appearances in his career there. The Dolphins! This guy is a beast. Give me Ryan Tannehill. Someone buy me his jersey. I want it now. Are you serious, Clark? I love Ryan Tannehill. Don't even talk about the future of the NFL. How many years have you been saying this? And how many years have you been wrong? I've been saying it since. His record as a quarterback is 42 and 46. That's a really good record. For very average quarterbacks, but he is not an average. He is so freaking good. He just give him on a good team, and then boom, the the league is screwed. Give him to the Patriots. He's gonna replace Tom Brady. Give me Ryan Tannehill right now. I can't even believe we talked about that. All right, I'll step up next. You know what? No one's in favor of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everyone's questioning it, but I got them winning the division at ten and six and make it in to the second round of the playoffs on the back of kicker, Josh Scobie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I just want to shout out to those, those kicker fans out there. Josh Scobie will get it done this year, but Leonard Fournette is going to be a touchdown machine. He's going to be on the field all year long, and they're going to feed him the ball in the red zone. He's going to make it happen. They had a great offseason um, for their defensive line, you got Yannick Ngaku. No idea if I said that right, but the pronunciation sounds close. He is going to have a tear up here on the defense. They did lose Telvin Smith to uh, personal issues off off the field. Um, but Jacksonville Jaguars, 10-6, and six, making it to the second round of the playoffs, going to shock the world. All right. That's yeah, that's, that's well. big. And, Paul, I'm going to go ahead and follow that one with supporting you. I got Nick Foles throwing the ball to DJ Chark for over 1,000 yards this year. That is a sophomore. That is a sophomore receiver. Uh, he had 14 receptions last year for 174 yards. He's going to be their guy this year. He's going to step up over Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley. DJ Chark, over 1,000 yards. Okay, that's really, really bold. So uh, we're going to move into our final segment real fast of the fan questions. This one's coming all the way from South Carolina. A South Carolina viewer, guys. It's pretty great. So his question is, do you value <clears> – let me get this correct. Do you value a number two or number three option on a very good team, or do you value a number one option on a bad team better? So let me – let me give you an example. Would you rather have Devin Funches on the Colts or Corey Davis from the Titans? So, I'll, I'll go ahead and take this. Um, I'm looking at the team, how often they're passing the ball. So in that scenario, I'm probably going Devin Funches because of Andrew Luck throwing the ball, and I know how much the Colts go through the air. I, The teams with those very good number twos, I'm not saying bunches of Funches is a great number two, but 
they're such a high volume passing team. The ball, the ball's going to somebody. So in that specific scenario, I'm going Devin Funches because it's the Colts versus the Titans. Yeah, I feel like that's Paul? an awful comparison. I think. No, I I, I just oh think I don't get excited about Devin Funches when you talk about a number two or a number three versus number one. I always compare it to, which is not fair. A Juju Smith Schuster last year being the number two in Pittsburgh, and comparing it to D.D. Westbrook. And in that scenario, there's no comparison. There's no comparison for a team like Pittsburgh or the Rams, even the, the Rams. Chargers throwing the ball. I want those receivers so much more than a D.D. Westbrook or a Corey Davis or any number one receiver on a team that doesn't throw the ball. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. The Rams, the Rams number two and three receivers last year, I valued them way higher than a lot of teams' number ones. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree. So you guys value the situation on the team. So you guys probably value the better team as a more valuable pick. Am I hearing that Not correctly? Not if it's the Ravens. Not if it's the Ravens. Okay. Okay, so I think it's going to wrap it up for the long shot podcast episode four coming at you thank you all for listening and david as always okay have a good one guys